Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while, right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Also sponsored by Hector Flores with Modern Woodmen of America, a fraternal financial organization. He can help you plan for your family's future, so make sure you give Hector a call. He's local at 940-453-3490. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, doll? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 169. We're asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not a little freaky. Look at you. That's (laughs) totally different than not entertained. Sometimes it's good to be a little freaky, I guess. Yeah, doc. You know, I mean, episode one sixty nine. What do you What do you expect? Oh, it's like episode four twenty. Have a great time getting high today if you choose to do so. Man, look at you. Yeah, maybe for that podcast, we'll do it live from a shop in California or in Vegas. Blunt smoking, <laughs> baby. I got a vape. Because that'll be another couple of years. <sighs> yeah, I like that. I see a future. Yeah, Before we get see. started, man, I got something to tell you. Okay. Right off the bat, I thought this was, excuse my language, fucking phenomenal. Okay, check this out. I, your boy, was at Walmart this afternoon. That's amazing. Was, what an accomplishment. <laughs> I was looking for a printer uh, because JJT Media Group needs a new printer. Couldn't find one. So I picked up a few things, like eight things at Walmart. I, I decided what I wanted for dinner in the next couple of days. All right. And I went to go stand in line and all the lines were just jacked up in the middle of the afternoon. And it just pissed me off. And so I did what anybody like myself would do. I was like, you know what? I feel bad for the person who's going to have to return all these things in the cart to their rightful place. But I'm not wasting time standing in line in the middle of the afternoon when nobody should be here. Yeah. And so I walked out. But that's not what's, excuse my language, fucking amazing. What's amazing is, as I was walking out, I heard, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Taylor. And I turned around and said, why, hello there, my good sir. And he said, hi, I'm a big fan of yours. I said, really? Hey, I appreciate that, man. I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Ben. He says, I listen to your podcast. I said, the radio show? No, the podcast. I listen to the podcast. (laughs) Awesome. And his wife, Brenda, then let her master. She said, my name is Brenda, and he's made me listen to it. It's a really good podcast. And then Ben goes, yeah, I was really sad when you guys went off the air, but I love the podcast. It's a little raw. I go, yeah, bro, it is. 
And then he said, we are huge fans of yours, man. We went to Smokey John's last week to get the uh, jam session bowl. And uh, we've been to JR's to get the car fixed. I was like, dog, y'all are honorary uh, jam sessionaires. Or whatever we call people who follow the jam session. Jam sessionaires. I like that. <laughs> and then they had a baby. I want to say the baby's name is Elias. And the baby <laughs> listens to the podcast. He damn sure does. Because uh, they're raising him properly. And that's Not where the baby. baby learned the F word. See, stop. No, he learned it from me talking the last five minutes. <laughs> but um, Elias, I think that's the baby's name. I hope so. Well, he's a six-month, he's a three-month-old who looks like a six-month-old. Dude's got a beard and a goat. Even nice. I don't have that. Okay. So I just told them that them being such great fans, I was giving them a shout-out at the top of the show so that they wouldn't have to search the entire podcast listening for a shout-out. That's amazing. Dude, they were fantastic, man. Yeah. I mean, think about that. They're like, because of you, we went to check out Smokey John's. Then we went right down the street to JR's. I'm like, you guys are the best. You are the best. Good job, Ben and Brenda. And the baby, and the baby. And the band baby. Ben, Brenda, and baby. (laughs) The triple Bs of the world. Yeah, no, they were great, dog. I like uh, right at Walmart. Yeah, uh, right off of Cockrell Hill. I'm, you know, I think if you get three Bs in your life, you're you're pretty well off. You know what I mean? For me, now for them, it's Ben, Brenda, and and baby. For me, it's beer, ball, and boobs. The three Bs of life. uh, It's it's ball, bacon, and uh, you know, and boobs. Yeah, boobs. I can take them or leave them. (laughs) All right, butts. Ball, bacon, and butts. This is the weirdest start to the podcast we've ever had. Yeah, baby. Oh, it's the best. And you know what else is the best? Hector. Hector Flores, man. Hector is the best to get you taken care of, to get you settled with your financial future, with things you may not even know. The 401ks and the stocks and the bonds. I think sometimes we have this idea of like, oh, well, I'll just put some cash under the mattress and save for my future. No, it doesn't really work that way. But Hector can help guide you through a variety of different things to make sure that your future, however you want it to look, that your future and your family's future is taken care of, which is why you need to give him a call. Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America, 940-453-3490. Get that piece about your financial future. Dude, the reason why you need to get that piece, man, is because everybody's got a roadmap for how they see the future. If you're like me, maybe you want to be a little more conservative because if you lose it, you ain't got a lot of time to earn it back. If you're younger, you know, in your 20s, maybe you want to be uber aggressive because if you lose it, you got plenty of time to get it back. Or maybe if you're like Matt, kind of in between, you're like, hey, I want something in between, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good. doesn't really matter, man. You tell Hector what you want, conservative, aggressive, something in between, doesn't matter. He'll find a roadmap for you and help you get where you're trying to go so that at your end of your working days, you can go retire, play golf. You can drink craft beer. You can whatever. do whatever. Yeah, man. That's the key, dog. Whatever is the goal. Hector's going to get you taken care of. 940-453-3490. And Modern Woodmen of America, it's such a cool deal what they do. It's the third largest fraternal benefit society in the country. And it's a unique combination of business and giving back to those who they serve, so much so that in the year of 2020, they have what they call Make an Impact Scholarships. They had $452,000 that was awarded to 199 students. So think about that. That's giving back to your community that we talk about that continuous cycle of positive impact. It costs nothing to meet with Hector. It's a non-fee-based deal, so give them a call, 940 453 
3490. Also, of course, greening law. Maybe it happened. Maybe you had the car accident like I did a few months ago. If you've experienced malpractice from a physician, a hospital, or been injured on the premises of a business, you may not know what to do. You may be thinking, I feel like I should be doing something here. What you need to be doing is calling Robert Greening and his green team at Greening Law, 972-934-8900, so they can be your legal competitor against the insurance companies. Oh, I don't think there's any thought about that, man. The thing about the green team that your boy likes, and I do like this, is it doesn't cost a single solitary cent. Not one nickel, not a dime, not a penny, nothing, not a zilch, zip, zero. To pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, here's my situation. What do you guys think? And they'll say, hey, we think it's a good fit. Or they'll be like, ah, I don't think so. Good luck in, uh, you know, your future endeavors, so to speak. But picking up the phone costs nothing. And if they take you on as a client, as Matt will attest to, one, they give you all the answers to the questions you didn't even know were coming. Right, man? That's correct. And number two, they don't get paid unless you get paid. Right, man? That's exactly right. Bam. See, told you. That's how it works. Consultations are free. So give them a call. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call now. Office Dallas, Texas. So we're going to get you started here with the little Cowboys conversation, as you might imagine. A, the 7-2 and two Dallas Cowboys, who, after the Rams got mauled again, that is now two games in a row the Rams have lost, the Dallas Cowboys, if you're paying attention, are currently the third seed in the NFC, partially because they've only played nine games, and Green Bay and Arizona have both played ten so they're both 8-2 and two, while Dallas is sitting there a game ahead of the Rams, a game ahead of the Buccaneers, the Dallas Cowboys 7-2. and two. They are right where they need to be in the division of doom. That's what I like to call the NFC Conference. I like that. I mean, they're, they're poised, brother. All they got to do is um, take care of business. And, uh, can, and when I say take care of business, it's win the games you're supposed to win. Now, I don't know that they're supposed to beat the Chiefs, but maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. But... The season and the ranking, and they're finishing the division of doom, will go exactly how they want it to go to me if they win the games they're supposed to win. Yeah, I would agree with you. And not just that, right now they're the fourth best team in the NFL because only one team in the AFC is better than they are. That's the Titans at 8-2. and two. So really the Cowboys, I mean, who knows? If all three of those other teams have their bye and the Cowboys are 8-2, and two, they're right neck and neck with all the top teams in the NFL. Um, now, you know me, man. At one level, I don't care about any of that. And here's why. The Cowboys have passed a look test. They're a legitimate good team. They're a legitimate contender. And so now, now we hold them to a different standard. Now it's all about are you winning impressively? Are you playing at a standard where you can beat mm -hmm. Green Bay, that you can beat Tampa Bay? Is that the standard you're playing at? Because if not, we're going to have some sad singing and some slow walking off the field. So early in the season, I was all about, hey, just get wins, man. This ain't about style pointing. Now it's about how you play because you're a, it's not ready yet. You're about to start your playoff run when you want to be playing your best football. Um, we're not there yet. Now it's still about winning, but now it's about are you playing at a certain standard because they've showed us, dog, they can play at a certain standard now. They can play at a certain standard. And it's a damn good team. You know, one of the things about this team that we had talked about, and, and man, I feel like we did this nonstop throughout the course of the offseason, and we try to remind everybody, we knew this offense was going to be good. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw the tweet that Ed Werder had put out 
uh, man, this is probably a couple of hours ago, but it, he was basically copying a tweet from Elias Sports that had this really neat little nugget on how rare what the Cowboys are doing right now is. And man, I'm trying to find it. I don't know where he. It's that they're the only they're, they're leading the league in points and yards for right. the first time since '95. Yeah, and and obviously that was the last time that they had done that. They won the Super Bowl, and and we knew their offense was going to do this. They have the best offense in the NFL. They do. And the interesting part was we said, look, you don't have to have a great defense. Just be average. Just just show us an average defense, and this offense is so good that that will work. Well, what have the Cowboys done? Halfway through the season, the Dallas Cowboys are 15th in the NFL in yards per game, which is smack dab average. But even more importantly, and perhaps more impressively, you guys realize the Dallas Cowboys are 10th in the NFL in scoring defense? That's the stat that matters. I mean, to hell with the yards. I mean, that's what they judge it by, which is stupid to me. Right, yeah. Points per game is what matters. And if you're 10th in points per game, you're balling. However, however you got done, you're balling. You are balling, man, and, and and you look at this and some of the wins that they've had, and obviously only giving up three points to Atlanta is going to play into that quite a bit, but the last three weeks, you know, outside of the Denver game, they only gave up 16 to the Vikings, and then, of course, they gave up the 30 to the Broncos, but just the three to the Falcons, and, you know, this is a lot of, I, I got to say, this defense is better than I thought they would be. I thought that they would be average to just below average which I, I figured they could get away with but they're they don't completely suck and they make plays and they make opportune plays and this defense has really turned itself around it's obvious why uh at one level you got dan quinn at the top being the puppeteer orchestrating everything but at the next level man because you could be you could be bill belichick but if you ain't got no players it doesn't matter um nobody knew and don't lie to me. Nobody knew. You hoped, you wished, you prayed, but you didn't know Micah Parsons was going to be what he was or what he is. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Had a clue, had an inkling. Don't lie and say you did because you didn't. That Trayvon Diggs was going to turn into an all-pro cornerback this year. And then nobody had a clue. You really didn't. I really don't think you did. That Randy Gregory was going to be a beast. Now, you might have thought Randy Gregory was going to get some sacks. Not on this level, but you yeah. Didn't, you didn't think Randy Gregory no, was going to be this 12-letter cuss word. Right. So, don't lie and say that you did, because you did. Because nobody did. But if you think about it, all of a sudden you got playmakers at all three levels. Playmakers. Guys who, okay, can somebody, anybody go make a play, please? Boom! There you go. Playmaker goes and does it. Well, they got three of them, dog, at every level of the defense. That helps. And then to me, man, um, and I told you a little bit about this before we came on. We were kicking it around. Dan Quinn, the epitome of why Dan Quinn is a kick-ass coach and why he's going to get an opportunity down the road to be a head coach and why he should get some interviews this offseason, it ain't Micah Parsons and using him as a defensive end and a blitzer and all that stuff. It ain't even Trayvon Diggs saying, hey, uh, our other cornerback is kind of shady, even though Anthony Brown's been solid. So we're just going to have you travel with the best receiver. Then I don't have to worry about what the best receiver is doing. You can lock him down. No, nah, man, to me, it's about him getting a spare part like J. Ron Curse, who had started 12 games in his five-year career, former seven-round pick mm. out of Clemson, I think, and turning that dude into a stud by saying, Yo, it's 6'4", 215 with long arms. You know what you can do, dog? All these receiving tight ends, 
that, that's you, dog. You you go handle them. And that dude has done it, man. He's already got more tackles this season than he's had his, at any season in his career. He's just halfway through it. He's become a leader on the defense. This dude signed a one-year deal, dog. He's become a leader on the defense. He's calling the defensive signals. Um, that, to me, that right there is why Dan Quinn's a 12-letter cuss word. Yeah, he has done some things. There is no doubt about that. You know, I was just looking at this. If you look at the the guys who have the 14 players who have played the most defensive snaps. So these are all the players that the Cowboys have that have played more than 35% of defensive snaps this year. Nine of them were not on this team last season. Now that, my friend, is what happens when your partner does work. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Because that, that's, that's a hell of a nugget right there. Because it's true. They rebuilt and revamped the mm-hmm. defense. Um, and they did it in Dan Quinn's image. He told them, hey, here's what I want. That's not cool. We could think that the first six players they took in the draft were on defense. And if you think about it, they're getting great contribution from Micah Parsons or Dickie Zoo in the third round. Yeah. And uh, Colston, whatever his name is. Golston. Yeah, Chauncey Golston. Golston from Iowa. In the third round. They're getting great work from them. Nashawn Wright is doing work on special teams. He scored a touchdown uh, after his screw-up the week before. And uh, Kelvin Joseph will see Boss Man Fat, the cornerback, the second round out of Kentucky, because uh, he's been hurt a lot, of the, a lot of the season. So we'll see if he can contribute. It'd be nice if he could toward the uh toward the end of the season in the playoffs yeah man but it, it is you know because we've done this before we talk about these dallas cowboys drafts and and i think fairly a lot of the times where a couple of years down the road you're looking at this and you're like oh okay well that didn't really turn out the way that you were hoping that it would but you know this is one of those drafts and and, and really it kind of started last year because of lamb and, and trayvon Diggs in the second round obviously but when you look at what they did this year in the draft I mean, these two drafts together may be the backbone. And hell, maybe it happens this year because of the way some of these rookies are playing on defense. But it feels like they have started to really have the, the foundation of what might keep this window open for this team for a couple of years longer than perhaps we thought it might go. And I think you're right with that. But to me, more important is, is the first point that you made, which is um, the drafts the last years have been so good and contributions have been so good, especially at, the, at an elite level if you're talking about Diggs and Parsons and CeeDee Lamb. You're adding elite-level players to your roster who are helping you. That's why, to me, this is the best team that they'll have, number one through number 53 for the next few years because you got so many guys coming off the roster. You can't pay everybody, and that is why you need to win this year. Yeah, man, because, I mean, look at that 2020 draft. Lamb digs, Gallimore, when healthy, was is a starter. So that's three right there. And then Tyler Biotish, I mean, say what you will about the dude. He's a starter on your offensive line. That's four starters right there in one draft. Yeah. And then this year with Micah Parsons, Odigizua, Golston, Nashawn Wright, as you mentioned, boss man fat, who knows what the hell to expect from him. And Jabril Cox, who was a special teams beast until he got injured. So they've really, really done some good work in these last two drafts. That's how you build a team that can contend for a championship. Because it's always going to be top heavy. Because you got to pay your stars. Yeah, it's if if you can find the draft picks to contribute at an elite level before you have to pay them, and fill in the roster with guys like guys like J. Ron Curse and uh, Keanu Nashua. Neal and yeah, yeah, all those guys and all those guys who don't require big money but can really be the caulking of your roster. You like the way I did that? Um, it really, I mean, that's how you build a winner. Yeah, you really want to make sure to pronounce the L. That's for sure. Okay, bro. What? <laughs> Did something happen? What's wrong? 
nothing, man. I'm just trying not to make any noise. <laughs> You're doing a great yeah. job of it. That's that's my, that's my big goal for the day. Man, that's you know everybody appreciates it so much. <laughs> they really do. All right, before we roll into the block, have you gotten your bruise biltong yet? Like bruise biltong? What, Matt? What, what is that? The yeah, it's 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 like beef jerky, but it's not beef jerky. It is a traditional South African air-dried meat. It's better. They have multiple sizes. You can get snack bags for yourself. You can get larger bags to share. Zero sugar, no artificial ingredients, and you get 15% off your order when you use the promo code JAM15. I've been telling you guys this. I love this. I've gotten, a. I don't, I don't want to say addicted, hooked, I guess is a better word. <laughs> That's I think a fancy it, word for addicted. Yeah, okay. It's it's more savory than beef jerky. It's more tender, and the flavor is fantastic. I mean, I'm going through like half a bag a day of this stuff. Dude, it's fantastic. I had some a little while ago. Uh, I, I I love it as a midday snack, man. In between, uh, you know, workouts and doing some work, I love it for that. And you're right. It's um, it's it's the part that's tender juicy it ain't caught in my teeth afterwards like yeah. traditional beef jerky and that's to me that was the most um the most i guess satisfying and the most surprising part of it yeah it's fantastic tell you a lot what it's a new product but it's only after you taste it you're like you know what this is the real deal yeah and i know several of you have started to order this and if you haven't i'm telling you if you like beef jerky you will love biltong again it's like beef jerky but it isn't a traditional south african air-dried meat this is fantastic. You can get the two-ounce bags, little snack bags. They're 240 calories and 30 grams of protein. I, I literally eat this every day, and I've told you guys this, but it has become my go-to post-workout snack. I love it. As a matter of fact, I get the problem is, is I get the big bags, like the eight-ounce bags or whatever, and I find myself like going through half of them, like, oh, I got to put this away. But then I don't <laughs> feel bad about eating it because it's so light and so high in protein. Well, that's the whole thing, man. No, no sugar, no carbs. It's great for people working out or trying to watch their weight uh, because of that, that combination, which is uh, what most of us are looking for. I'm telling you, man. So check it out. You can find them online at bruisebiltong.com. It's very easy. It's B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, bruisebiltong.com. And make sure when you check out, you use the promo code JAM15 and you'll get 15% off your order, just like Marissa Marissa, who sent us a picture of her bag of bruised biltong that she ordered, she says, new favorite snack, heard about it on Jam Session, and it is awesome. See, that's what up. I'm telling y'all, we don't tell y'all, we're not just bumping our gums. When we tell you the stuff is good, the stuff is good. Yes, you can trust it. Trust me, bruisebiltong.com. You will enjoy it. Also, of course, False Idol Brewing. Have you swung by and grabbed your False Idol four packs yet? I know many of you have. It's a local family-owned brewery right there in North Richland Hills. False Idol Brewing. One of my buddies that I've known for years started it with his dad. And, man, they are just absolutely slaying it. Week in and week out, just unbelievable beers. On tap, in package, you can pick it up. You know, if you go during the day, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., they do dollar off flights like you can get a discounted flight, which is fantastic. And so that'll really help. It's, it's a dollar per. So it's like four dollars off. You get 15 percent off all beer to go all day on Mondays only. So you can check that out. And they are new releases that come out every Friday. Every Friday, they have something new that they're putting out. And I'll tell you, man. 
The next time I have a beer from False Idol I don't like will be the first time because I've never had one I don't like. And I've had literally hundreds of different ones that they've put out. Dude, you know, I rock with the Stouts, man. And they're fantastic, superb, sensational, any other great adjective you want to put on them. Uh, I also rock with the uh, Hazy IPAs. And, you know, those are all terrific. There's nothing that they do that ain't terrific, period. That's true. It's fantastic. So check them out. It is local. It is family. It is False Idol Brewing right there in North Richland Hills, just north of 183. So check those guys out. So let's have some fun with a couple of these stories. When was the last time you ate at McDonald's? Ironically enough, it was, um, it might have been like two days ago at uh, in Baton Rouge. Breakfast by chance? Yeah, don't tell. I hope this is a good story, not a bad story. No, it's a, it's a good story. It's a good story. Okay, did you okay, get did I, you get an egg McMuffin? Oh shit! What happened, Matt? Nothing. I'm just saying because egg McMuffin. Like, okay, I ordered it without cheese, like I always do. No, but they always tell you like if you're gonna get anything from that place, the egg McMuffin is actually like the healthiest thing you can get. That's why I get it without cheese. Right. All the time. Well, McDonald's egg McMuffin is turning 50 years old. Oh, wow. How about that? And they are going back one day only. It is this Thursday. McDonald's is selling the Egg McMuffin for its original price of 63 cents. I'm going to get like 10 of them. (laughs) And then it's only... (laughs) The Egg McMuffin is my all-time favorite breakfast sandwich. Really? Um, I worked at McDonald's for years, like two, three years when I was in high school. I became an expert. I always worked the early shift because y'all know I'm a morning person. Yeah. And egg McMuffins used to put the crack the egg and put them in this little six-prong thing so it would come out the perfect circle. I was a master at making the egg McMuffin. And then I got to be where I tried to make them at home because uh, they're not complicated. It's just a piece of Canadian bacon, a round mm-hmm. egg, and an English muffin. You can certainly do that at the crib, but it's my favorite sandwich. And um, even now, man, like I had one this weekend, but if I'm like really hungry after work, I'll get two of them. only eat one of the muffins so that you got two eggs, two pieces of Canadian bacon and one muffin. You're straight. That's not I mean, if you're working out and stuff, that's yeah. almost as healthy as you can get, um, you know, in the morning. It, it's greatness. And once they once they decide to serve it all day, every day, dude, I, your boy was hooked. Yeah, and so if you're a McMuffin fan, again, it's only this Thursday and only during breakfast hours. So Dude, 6, 6 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., 63 cents during breakfast hours. But if you're going to do this, it is only available through their McDonald's app, like where you, you order it on the app and then get it at the restaurant. Really? Yeah, so they're doing this as a way to promote and boost their nationwide rewards program. Now, I do this with Chick-fil-A. I have the Chick-fil-A app. I only order on the Chick-fil-A app, and I get so many points on there that accumulate over the course of time that you can go in there and eat for free like five trips in a row or something. Can I tell you something, Matt? This is just me, man. I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, you don't, I don't have to go do to your, that. I don't want your fucking app. Then I'm you sorry. don't have to. You just have to pay full but, price for a McMuffin. You know, That's the man. trade-off. Well, let me tell you what, what. This is what bothered me, man. I guess it's better with apps, <laughs> but this is what bothered me. Remember, just a few years ago, when everybody wanted you to get their, I'm sorry, people, their fucking key ring to put on your on your key ring. You know, I'm talking about the little tab. Everybody wanted to give you one, and you had like 50 tabs. Oh yeah, to get in all the buildings in different places, buildings and grocery yeah. stores. You got it. I was like, this is just a beat down. I just want to come in the store shop. Yeah. I don't want to have to go through the damn app, man. 
I mean, well, it's cool if I do, but I don't want to. Uh, sometimes I just want to walk in, get my shit, and go. I understand. I got you. That's and why. Just like, so y'all know, I ain't been drinking today. I ain't been smoking no funny cigarettes. I just had a great day, so I'm kind of excitable. I can tell, man. I mean, this is the most f bombs you've ever dropped on the podcast. Matt is like, can I get this kind of energy on a regular basis? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Whatever you did today, do it all. I haven't heard you yawn once. Like, you, you, you got it, man. You're feeling it. I got to tell you, it's been a great day for the JJT media. Group. That's why I'm happy to do <laughs> Well, it's good, I man. Mean, we've been cashing checks. We've been getting all kinds of stuff. You know what? Then you know what? Great Just, day. I say go pay full price for your damn Egg McMuffin then. <laughs> don't get the app. Go pay your full price. Uh, I don't know, man. But if you're I, other people that don't like that like apps like me, you can get sixty three cent egg McMuffin on Thursday at McDonald's. <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try the app, man. I'm gonna try the Chick Fil A app. I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna stop being an asshole. I'm just gonna try. Not that I'm gonna do that, but <laughs> I eat the same thing every day for breakfast. So, and it's not an egg McMuffin. But I will say, like you were talking about, like when you're out and about or if you're traveling and you don't have your normal breakfast stuff with you. Right. You know, that that's a, like, hey, it's better to eat something than just starve yourself, so. No, nah, and that, that's what I use it for because, you know, you can you can try to eat somewhat healthy and know exactly what you're getting until you can maneuver and get, you know, back home without killing your weight and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that's exciting times. Also, this may, I just thought of this because we were talking about food. So, and, and I think most people realize this. I don't ever, I'm not a foodie. I don't. Like, super expensive food is lost on me. Like, I get it. It tastes really good. It's delicious. But, like, a lot of the times, it just, the value is just not there to me. But last night, the lady and I had a anniversary. Oh, really? Of, of Which being one was this? Seven. Wow. Lucky numbers. I'm so happy for you guys. You know, yeah, so She's we've been cool together too. for a while. And we decided last night, you know what? Hey, let's, let's go do something that we don't normally do. Good and... Deal. We found a really nice restaurant here in Birmingham and got some reservations and went out. And it, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't one of those cheap meals. And, you know, like to me, I can do that every once in a while because I'm like, okay, this, it's good. It is. It's really good. You know, but I'd also been like, hey, if we'd gone to Chick-fil-A, I would have been just as happy. But, you know, you have that experience. It's, you, it's really the, the ambiance and the atmosphere. You know, somebody like they're really taking detailed care of you, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, right. and then you have a glass of wine, you order some food, you probably like I had pork chops braised in bourbon and maple and molasses, and it was phenomenal. It's supposed to be too. <laughs> it is. And it was and it came with it was on a bed of collard greens and mashed sweet potatoes. And it was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, it was twenty whatever dollars for the entree. And we got a we each got one of those and an appetizer and stuff. And then for dessert, they had this pumpkin cheesecake and it was insane. Might be the best cheesecake I've ever had. How about that? Good, man. I'm I'm glad to see you doing it. Yeah, it was nice. You know, sometimes it's like you you do all this in your life, and everybody knows this. Anybody who's been in a relationship of any time, Man, you can go through some really ups and downs. And sometimes when you're fighting through things, you know, and you're trying to figure out and then you get to a point like, okay, well, this is what it's been. And, you know, sometimes it's nice to kind of almost like you're celebrating together and you're rewarding each other for going through some of that shit. Right, right. In a right, sense, true. you know what I mean? And, and so it's like, you know what, let's, let's, let's splurge on ourselves for a little bit here and, and enjoy this night and do something we, we really just never do. And, and I think that's kind of cool. 
I'm a uh, I'm a huge fan of that, man. Huge fan of it. Huge fan of it. But I know something you're not a huge fan of. At least I wouldn't think so. What's that? Spiders. No, not really. So in Australia, they have found what they are calling the mega spider, which is, and it's weird too, because this isn't the biggest spider of all time. It's just the largest funnel web spider ever discovered. Okay, what the hell is a funnel web? A funnel web spider is a spider only found in Australia that's one of the most venomous spiders in the world and is responsible for, like, if it bites you and you don't get anti-venom pretty quick, you will die. Damn. And so they found one that apparently is the biggest one that that somebody donated, and they're, like, trying to figure out where it came from because they want to explore that region of Australia to see if there's more spiders of this size. So funnel web spiders, they make a funnel for a web that, you know, like animals will crawl into and then they just crush them or kill them. The fangs on this spider are so long, they say they are capable of piercing a human fingernail. Oh, damn, these some big ass spiders. Can you imagine that? I'm telling you, dude, this is why like Australia would be cool to visit. But everything deadly, like the deadliest lives Australia lives in Australia. It's, it's amazing. The deadliest snake, the deadliest spider, the deadliest shark, the deadliest sea creature. I mean, all these different things, all in that area in Australia that'll just kill your ass. Dude, it's crazy. It is crazy. And Vegemite. <laughs> which I guess yeah. is an acquired taste. I guess looks like tar. Man, I was watching this video earlier of this thing, and then I came across the Huntsman spider, which is like one of the biggest spiders in the world. And I'm just like, nah. And they were showing people in Australia here like, oh, no, it's a huntsman. Watch out there. Those things like to jump. You know, and they see them all the time. Like, can you imagine? Like, in our spiders, in our world, you know, you see, like, a little wolf spider, and I'm like, oh, my God, ah! I mean, these spiders are, like, five times that size. That's where you just get a shotgun, and you're blowing holes all over your whole entire thing. But the Dude. biggest spider in the world, have you ever seen pictures of the Goliath bird eater? Oh, my God. <laughs> No, that sounds horrible. I'm going to tell you guys this, that if you've never seen this thing, do yourself a favor and Google the Goliath bird eater. It is... It's the size of a hand. Yeah, it's like a dinner plate. As a matter of fact, I think there's a picture. Yeah, that's the one I was looking for. Did you see there's a picture of it on a plate? And it's the size of a dinner plate. It's it's literally its body. It's bo- not its legs. Its body can be up to five to six inches. What the hell? Yeah, it's the size of a dinner plate. I mean, look at that thing, dude. Are you kidding me? It looks like a giant ass, like a fake horror movie tarantula, and it's real. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. And those are in the South American rainforest. I mean, can well, you imagine? South American, no more. Your brother can have all of it. I know. That's why I was like, dude, I don't know if I could handle being in a freaking like. I don't know if I could handle looking down and seeing a spider that has legs that are essentially a f- like twelve inches from one <laughs> leg to the other. That's a foot, man. Yeah, bro. I was no, like, no, nah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm definitely out. That's when you just like, you hope you have a flamethrower and you're just torching everything in sight. I guess, man. I can't handle stuff like that. Like, that's too much for me. No, like, no. For who? For what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can't do it. Like, I came across that story. I was looking something up earlier and I came across it. I was like, what the hell? I was like, no way. 
I just tweeted it out for you guys. <laughs> so there you go. So be looking forward to that. That'll be fun, huh? Hell yeah. I guess, supposedly. My God. Yeah, dude. I, I'm not a... I don't know what it is, but spiders... I don't like wasps because I don't want to get stung by one. But, you know, a spider is the one thing that I'm just like, man, I, I just... I don't like them. I don't want to like them. I don't want to be around them. I don't want them to be around me. Like, just live in your wilderness and leave me the hell alone. As Jacques has muted himself, he's so afraid now. Oh, nothing wrong with that, man. No, I thought something was coming in, and I didn't want to be accused of. Oh. You, you hear that? I didn't want to be accused of, of making that noise because it wasn't me. What is that, a jackhammer? No, I'm making love right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not because it sounds like you're woodpecking something, if that's the case. <laughs> just a little humor people just a little humor i'm trying to shut it off now what the do you have like a it's, robo doll what is it well it's like the printer fax machine things came on and you know it used to come out early on about six weeks ago but i cut it off and you know it started up again what can i say what's the show with, without Strange noise from Taylor's in. I mean, my God, dude, look at that thing that you just tweeted out. Get away from me. <laughs> Get away from me with that. Like, what are you supposed to do when you when you come home and you like you walk out in the garage and that thing's just sitting there on your step by the garage? Go back inside and tell, I will tell the work you're not coming in. You're taking everything by Zoom yep. call today. And you're like, and I'm moving. I have to move. <laughs> I can no longer live in this house. There is a spider the size of a dog in my garage. I am out on that crap, man. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. But that's the thing about stuff like that is that there's so many, like, like Australia and the rainforest, they have all these weird-ass things that we just don't experience. And I don't want to experience. I was going to say, I had no problem with that, bro. No problem. Yeah, I am out on that, dude. That That is just, that is something else. So the other thing that I wanted to throw out here, and this is something that I came down, like over where the station is where I work, they have had for a long time the road leading to the station, and it might be like 0.2 miles in length. Right, right. Yesterday, I leave the station. They're tearing the road up and brushing it. I go back to work today. The new road is already completely done. Is that right? It blew. I, I thought I was like, what the hell? How is that possible? They laid the asphalt, smoothed it, and painted it and everything in like 18 hours. Jeez. Well, maybe that's the benefit to living in a little smaller place. You can get things done. I wondered, man. Or I, I just thought it, it's a road that leads next to a police station. And I wonder if the cops like fix this road now. Yeah, but they would be city employees, and the people fixing it would be city employees. Yeah, but I, I just, I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, it, it, I, I, my mind, I was so perplexed when I turned the corner and saw it today. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, like no, for real, because I thought, oh, great, they're going to have the road closed down again. I was like, nope, it's completely done, and the paint's dry. Like, that's impressive. No, nah, dude, sometimes uh, bureaucracy works at a fast pace. It just doesn't happen often. Yeah, I guess so, man, but they knocked that out, so good for them. It's time. We do it every week. You guys know that. We check in with our ESPN Cowboys insider. He's been doing it a long time, and he is brought to you, as always, by Blue Star Motor Group. You can check out their fine selection of vehicles at bluestarmotorgroup.com. Todd Archer Hello. joining us. and Oh, I'm sorry. Who else is here? Hello, Todd Archer. How are you today? Who's this? 
Yeah, who is this? It's your boy, Jacques. How are you, friend? Where are you from, Jacques? <laughs> Oak Cliff, my friend. Oh, I, I, I would not have guessed any other place. Yeah, I would, I would have thought, is that, like, interesting, huh? Oh, come on, Todd. Uh, tell us about the Cowboys and the big win this week. Uh, what did you expect? 43-3? Were you shocked like the rest of us? <laughs> we really started? Yeah, I mean, it's recording, so this is what Jacques We're doing today. We're just having a little levity, man. Just a little levity. Uh, yes, I was done at 43-3. I don't know how you could have been. Yeah, it was a wild uh, one. They might lose this game based on how Atlanta beat New Orleans. Cowboys are awful against Denver. And then they come out and take the ball after winning the toss and go and score a touchdown and kind of set a tone. Actually, Jock, I'm going to start off on a bad note. The guy who changed the game for the Cowboys is a Michigan guy, Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis, yes, I wrote about him in 10 Thoughts this week. All right, let's do it. We're good for this one. <laughs> nah, he was uh, he was he was terrific, man. That's the best game he've ever I've ever seen him play. What about you? Yeah, it, it immediately comes to my head. But I mean, he, he the second drive, you know, Atlanta goes right down the field. And, you know, have to settle for a field goal after Jaron Curse breaks up a, a, a first down pass that the Cowboys need to challenge. And then you know, Kyle Pitts. Like, I, I tweeted like someone might want to tell the Cowboys that Kyle Pitts wears number eight because he had like. 50 yards and three catches. Like, him at all. And then pass breakup then comes back again on the on the fourth down, a big pass breakup. The next drive he has a has a, a, a big play. So he kind of set the tone for that defense uh, early and, and flipped momentum because if Atlanta, if it's 7-6, heck, maybe it's 43-6. to six. Who, who really knows? But if, if Atlanta scores field goals on their first two drives, you have to think the the game is a little bit different, you know. It's hard to it's hard to pin a put put at a forty point win and say, well, if this is only different, if this is the only thing that's different would have changed the game. But you just never know. But I thought Jordan Lewis was the guy who got got the defense going for sure. Yeah, you had that in, in that first series for Dallas, which Dak had a phenomenal game. He was he was phenomenal, but it still felt a little bit on that first series. He almost threw that pick six which, of course, they didn't. And then he missed C.D. Lamb on another one, uh, kind of like even with the line. But all in all, he was phenomenal. And it really felt like when they didn't get that pick six early on and Dallas went right down the field and scored that you knew this was going to be an effective day for the offense and for Dak Prescott. Yeah, you know, McCarthy said it might have been his best game he's played all year, which is interesting because, you know, it was, it was, what was it, two touchdown passes. He ran for one. Uh, he didn't throw for 300 yards, you know, all, all that kind of stuff when he's had bigger numbers, but I didn't think how he looked and how he was in control after that near pick six or near interception, if we just want to call it that. He completed 77% of his passes. He was in control. There wasn't much. I, I, I can't think of another pass from like, oh, that wasn't a good good decision. That wasn't a good throw. That was off. Uh, other than that one that you're talking about. Yeah. And he, what, what was Garrett? What did he say? We believe in practice. That was like one yeah. of his staple lines for guys that hurt. Dak Prescott believes in practice because he said, look, I wasn't able to do my footwork stuff. My feet weren't in the ground and my upper body and lower body weren't connected against Denver. And here in, in that lead up to the Atlanta, he was able to do all that stuff. And he comes out and has a, a phenomenal game. So Dak Prescott is, a, is the anti-Allen Iverson, I guess, because he actually <laughs> believes in practice. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – I thought one of the notable things that he said during the week was – 
he it reminded me of a pitcher who knew why he had a bad outing because his mechanics were out of whack. And he's like, I'm going to go back to the lab, get my mechanics straight. I'll see y'all on Sunday. And then he came out and played like that. And it was, uh, it's really impressive. Uh, but the thing I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really impressed by the entire team. Like this is really the best Cowboys team I remember in a while. Cause it seems like it's, it's more complete than I thought. And their offense, even though we've seen some really good offenses before, I don't know that, the offense is like if we if we use 2014 as a standard with Romo and Dez and DeMarco, those those guys were great. There's nothing you could say other than they were great. It's just that this offense, I think, just has more weapons because I try not to be a prisoner of the moment. But this guy, it's I just think you're being like a prisoner more, of the moment. Well, I'm talking about overall top to bottom. Like the third, the fourth receiver, Cedric Wilson, can bust your ass. Who was the fourth receiver in 2014? Shoot, who's the so you had Terrence Williams and Dez, Cole Beasley. Right. But why not? To me, the the 2017 is still the best team that I, I've seen. Yeah, I think so. Cause I mean, I, I, I don't care about defense. the offense. You know, this offense right. might be better, but that team was better because that defense was better than this defense. Hey. As good as we think Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons are. They weren't DeMarcus Ware. They weren't Jay Ratliff. Like, those guys were, like, all pro, pro bowl guys. Like, right. they'll, they'll eventually get there. But to me, that 07 team was, you know, T.O. was otherworldly. Witten was at the top of his game. Um, you know, the, the running back situation when you combine Julius Jones and, and Marion Barber probably equals Zeke. Uh, in, in some respects. Who was the I number two put, receiver that year? Was it Terry Glenn or was it somebody else? Uh, Wasn't it? Was no, it Creighton? I think it might have been Creighton because Terry Glenn was. Uh, yeah, because it was, was Owens first. and Witten, and then Creighton would be like the third option, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Because okay. Terry, Terry had the knee deal, and I don't think he played until they got to the playoffs towards the end of the season. All right, but okay. again, I'm. I'll, I'll give you the. I'll give you the, the offense. This offense might be better um, than the 2007 offense in totality, but I'll say that the 2007 team. Right now is better than this Cowboys team. I'm just going to throw this out there. This team blocks punts on a regular basis, Arch. Well, this is what, yes. That, okay, that is, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring you that. However, they've not blocked three punts. They've only blocked two because they blocked punts. Has to go behind the line of scrimmage. So what okay, happened so against Denver was not a blocked punt. It was a deflected punt, but it does not count as a blocked punt. Okay, I guess I'll fix my notes now. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, because I'm sorry, I disappointed you. Nation Wright touches the ball; it's it's a free ball because it passes line. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so that's not a blocked punt. Um, yeah, I mean, I, but I get what you're saying, and go ahead and make Bones Fossil the NFL assistant coach of the year. Oh God, I don't know if we can handle that. He'll go crazy next year if we do that. But um, <laughs> well, spaceships don't have rearview mirrors. How do you know that, by the way? That's what I was wondering. I was like, it seems to me they'd be able to be all seeing since if you're in space, it's infinite and there's no direction. I'm trying to remember a picture of the space shuttle right back in the day. Like, I, there might have been some rearview mirrors on that thing. I bet I there know. was. I mean, for re entry purposes and whatnot and landing. Yeah. We anyway, digress. we digress. <laughs> 
How do you think this matchup coming up against Kansas City, who feels like the Chiefs to some degree have started to figure themselves out a little bit? I mean, obviously they had the big win the other night over Las Vegas. They've now won three in a row with two of those. I mean, granted, Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the game in which they beat the Packers, and that was an ugly game, but how do you like this matchup with Pat Mahomes and another type of explosive offense in Kansas City? You know, I think we're saying, like, the, the Chiefs figured it out because of what you saw against the Raiders. Yeah, in one game, yeah. A, a week earlier, the guy threw for 166 yards, the fewest amount of yards I believe he's had in the game when he started and finished. He threw one touchdown, and he scored 13 points, and like you said, Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the field uh, for, for the Packers that day. So, you know, I think this is clearly a huge test for the Cowboys defense, and it's they're not going to be as easy to figure out as the Raiders are because God bless our old friend Rod Marinelli and Gus Bradley, who's their defensive coordinator. They play one defense. They play single high. That's what they do. Well, that's not this Cowboys defense. They, they'll play man. They'll match up with, with two safety looks. Um, it, it, it's more varied. So Mahomes was great with five touchdowns and 400 yards. They look like the guy again uh, and completing 70% of his passes. And they got Tyreek Hill and Kelsey can tear them up. And, and I'm, look, I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to stop them. But before we say the Chiefs are back, let's see them against the defense that is as varied as the Cowboys' defense is before we pronounce that. I, I, I don't know if they're back or if it's more of the Raiders' defense is just predictably predictable and they have an easy plan where you just throw it to your tight end over the middle every single time. He's going to get you 10 yards and – you got Tyree Kill. You got so, but for the Cowboys, and I wrote about this, and people gave me crap on Twitter about it. These next three games, okay, they're taking to determine their fate, literally. But this, this, these next three games, in my mind, tells us if the Cowboys are for real and are the team in the NFC, or if they're just a team in the NFC. If you can win two of these three, well, I mean. If you can get to 10 and 2, with winning three games in 12 days, that's a huge accomplishment. At New Orleans, in the last game, they've not played, I think they've lost three straight there. Uh, and, and that's, regardless of what the Saints are, go, are all right now and they don't have their quarterback, you know Sean Payton's going to have that team ready. And, and the Raiders, yeah, I just killed them defensively, but guess what? When they're right, Offensively, they can throw it around all over the place with Derek Carr, and, and you just never know what's going to happen in a four-day stretch from Sunday to Thursday with Thanksgiving. And then with this Chiefs one, the Chief, if, if we want to say the Chiefs are back and the Cowboys win that one, all more power to the Cowboys, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a tough place to play. I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time the Cowboys were up there, what year it was, and all was I that, remember, and it wasn't the Miles Austin fa- game. It wasn't the Miles Austin game? No, they were up there like in – Romo started up there, and it was an awful – it might have oh, been. Oh, they, they wore their all red that game too. No, they wore their all they red were, in the mouth. The 2013 game, game? 2013, and the Cowboys got waxed, right? Yeah, they, they lost. The last time they were in Kansas City was 17-16, and then the time before that was the 9 game that they won in overtime. Oh, game. So Those, 17-16, and it wasn't even that close, if I'm being truthful with you. Like, mm-hmm. That's how I remember that. The, the offense did nothing that day in 13. Romo was running around for his life. So that's still a really difficult place to play. 
by the way, it'll be the second time in a month, in two months, that the league's $40 million quarterbacks will face each other. <laughs> Josh Allen went in there in October and, and threw three touchdowns for Buffalo and beat Mahomes, and now Dak versus Mahomes this week. So Buffalo, uh, Kansas City is a pretty good home schedule, especially compared to the Cowboys' home schedule. Well, and, and Kansas City's going for that rare sweep the NFC East to, to pad their, their total because they've beat the other three teams so far this year. Oh, maybe the so, Cowboys should do. And that, there you go. There's another thing. We want to say they're back when they've swept three, when they've beaten three guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, their six wins are against the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, that's right? – yeah, no, you're right. They've got six wins. Three of them are, are against Washington, the Giants, and the Eagles. So, but, but it, so that's why I think if they – the Cowboys win all these three, and then you start thinking, man, home field advantage is for real in that Week 17 game against Arizona. Man. That, yeah. That's the 2007 Packers game that decided home field advantage. So like, you can start thinking for real that the Cowboys can get to L.A. Right now, I'm, I'm not ready to – they're one of the contenders. If they win these three in 12 days, I think they're the contender in the, in the, in the conference. I more mean, so than Green Bay, more so than, than Arizona. I mean, you know, who knows what, what's up with their quarterback and with Coach Bro, what's going to happen. So – I don't, that's why I guess I think this, these three games are so important. Yeah, they, they do carry a lot of weight because when you look at that, I mean, if they, God, if they were able to win all three of them, then all of a sudden, I mean, you, you've got to be thinking they beat Washington twice in the Giants and that they, this is a team that's got a chance to go 14-3 and three or 15-2. and two. Yeah, and because you know after New Orleans, it, is it Washington and the Giants? Yeah, it's Washington, Giants, Washington. So... I mean, and then you know you got a, a a Philly game in a Philly game in there, and it's another yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's it's that's why it's shaping up to me. This stretch is so important, and why I think Mike McCarthy has kind of prepared this team throughout the course of the season. This stretch and how he's laid off or 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 kept them kept them fresh, knowing that seventeen weeks is different, three games in twelve days is different. There's no reason for them to be in pads, you know, as much as they needed to be, um, you know. And he's he's wisely used the short weeks coming off a Monday game or coming off a night game, and made sure his team was well rested. And I guess the monkey butt stuff works too. <laughs> you like the monkey butt stuff? Kind of. It's a good story. It's a good story for us, right? Because uh, like. We can put a hook onto something, right? You, you know what I mean? Like, oh, look at this guy, monkey butts, and you know the bingo machine, and uh, the the, <laughs> the mental coach, and oh, well, look at all this stuff. It's every team does this. It, it, Parcells did it with the with the mouse trap, right? And, and, right? and I thought Dave wants to put lobster traps in the Dolphins locker one week when they were playing the Patriots. You know, so every coach has his has his bits, and this this is what this was McCarthy. What uh, what do you do? What do you give Dan Quinn credit for? Looking at himself and changing. You know, you know what I mean. I, you know, I wrote this last week. You know, in, in Seattle and in Atlanta, I think he played the second highest amount of single high defense cover three in the league from uh, say sixteen to twenty or fifteen to twenty. Um, and, and now the Cowboys are are the second highest man coverage team. So the New Orleans entering last week's game. So he 
he looked at himself that that after action that he talked about it wasn't just a hey I'm going to talk to you guys. I want you to confirm that it wasn't me. It was them. And that's why I got fired. People were truthful to him or he, and he listened. And oftentimes, Jacques, we've been around all these coaches to know it's never their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. They didn't draft well enough or this quarterback didn't play well enough. Oh, if the, you know, the defense was bad or the offense was bad. If you're a defense, it's right. like you can generate all these excuses, but, I give him credit for looking at himself and realizing I have to change. And that's a huge thing for coaches to, to do like that. That's, that, that's putting your ego aside and realizing the game changed. My scheme doesn't work as well. If I don't have the legion of boom behind it. Um, so he deserves a, a boatload of credit for doing that because look, we all love Wade Phillips, right? He, and his record was very good here. Wade Phillips got fired for the same reason in Dallas, the same reason he got fired in Buffalo, the same reason he got fired in, in uh, Denver. He didn't adapt himself, not his scheme, but just how he operated the team. And, and so a little bit different than, than Quinn. But with Quinn, he adapted his scheme to fit what today's NFL is. That's the most impressive thing that he's done to me. It's not the numbers or, oh, look at the takeaways or, Oh, look at the stats or look at, Ooh, they only gave up three points. Nah, man, he changed like who, what his MO was that got him in, in into the league or into a head coaching job. That, that's a tricky move. Yeah. I think it's uh, I think some, it's something more coaches should do because the game is forever evolving and changing, especially on offense. And uh, you just gotta, you gotta ride like that on defense, man. Otherwise they figure out how to attack your defense and they just leave you in the dust. Right, and if you don't have Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and Brandon Brown or whoever you want to say the other corner was, and if you don't have that front or, or you don't have those linebackers uh, with Wagner and, and Malcolm Smith, and I know I'm forgetting the other guy. I mean, I can almost name the entire defense from Seattle. Like, <laughs> yeah. we don't have those guys. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw what happened when the Cowboys under Rod were just a predictable, and, and Chris Rashad were predictable, this is what they're going to do, and teams whenever they needed it they got it and you know Dan Quinn looked at it and I think you know what's funny and I don't I don't know this this is probably something like I think I think kind of I think the defense that Dan Quinn is playing is the defense Mike Nolan wanted to use last year and couldn't there's three four concepts here there's different coverages here there's all these different things that they do I think Mike Nolan wanted to incorporate, but either couldn't teach it well enough or the guys didn't trust him well enough, or they just weren't good enough. It's probably a combination of all three. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's all three because, you know, my big thing, and I wrote about it today when I was uh, picking your brain on a couple stats, was I think J. Ron Curse is, is like, to me, the epitome of Dan Quinn on the defense because he took this dude who was a spare part somewhere his entire career, had a vision for him, started off basically giving him kind of like a one job or one or two things to do and he's kind of evolved it from there and to me that's what coaches do that's what the best coaches do they find how to get every guy to fit doing whatever he does best and if you get a bunch of guys doing that your defense can be better as a whole than it is individually right and and look they told us after five games say they played 30 guys on defense right and well, they've played more guys now because Calvin Joseph is in the mix at cornerback mm-hmm. and their dime defense. Saw so Tristan Hill play 
uh, last week for the first time. Duke Gifford's in the goal line now with, with, with uh, Jalen Smith gone. So, and, and with uh, Jabil Cox out for the year. So, yeah, I mean, they're rolling through a whole bunch of guys. And by the way, oh, Neville Gallimore should be back in a few weeks. And Marcus Lawrence might be back for, for the New Orleans game. So, you know, there's, there's actual in-house competition on this roster to have a jersey on Sunday. That's great. Yeah. I haven't said that very often about the Dallas football Cowboys. No, no. and I'm serious when I say great. And I'm not being funny. I think it's great. Yeah. Guys got to practice their ass off to get on the 53. And that's really what you want. And now let's bring it to the offensive line. What does Connor McGovern have, or what does Connor Williams have to do to lose his job to Connor McGovern? <laughs> Hold more, I guess. I don't know. I, he doesn't do it enough. At what point do you say, just out of GP, like, dude, you lead the league in penalties. You got to do something different. Like, that in one of the, the – and it doesn't seem like it would be, a, a, you know, you hate to make emotional moves, right? That coaches always want to avoid that. Yeah. Well, what do you You've think the it is? Weak, I, I don't know. The only thing I can come up with is maybe Joe Philbin doesn't like Connor McGovern as much as we all like Connor McGovern, right? Because be. think last year, the, like they didn't want to play their best five until they absolutely necessarily or absolutely positively had to when they moved Zach Martin to right tackle. Well, who was going to be the right guard if Zach kicked out? It was going to be Connor McGovern. So now you have a guy that in Connor Williams who struggled. Well. Or, or it's been called for a lot of penalties, whether that's struggling or not. Who knows? Um, and they've not made the move yet. Like I, I understand the concept of offensive line continuity, and I and, and McCarthy uses that a lot. That he says the more times you have the same fives, that's the biggest factor in leading to wins or successful offense is having the right. same five guys. Right. I got you, but at some point, thirteen penalties has to outweigh con- continuity at some point. Well, I'm I'm just asking the question because I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I studied offensive line well enough to know. Well, I say that only because at least you're allowed to be out there and ask folks. Um, is it a? Uh, is it like if there's 60 plays, he's got you know 57 good ones, and his three bad plays just happen to involve a hole? That has to be part of it, right? And you know they'll say that chop block wasn't a chop block; he just kind of lost his balance. And, it looked like a chop block, and the refs called it. <laughs> and some of the holes, like, look, the, the Noah Brown hold on the Zeke, quote, pass to uh, Tony Pollard. Yeah. That was a hold? Like, so, so I'm sure some of those penalties that are on Connor Williams are like, okay, that wasn't a hold. But, you know, sometimes the guy just, when you have 13 penalties, what are the referees? Those referees are studying the tape. They look at yeah. the numbers. They know. So, like, oh, 52, he holds a lot. So exactly. you kind of get – kind of get into the crosshairs that way of the uh, of each crew each week but again if that's the case like if a guy had 13 pass interference penalties as a db <laughs> would the dude still be playing it's a good point because there's no way they would have they would have made trayvon, a move trayvon Diggs got 10 he ain't that far behind well he's also got eight picks okay so and this, if you got 13 yeah he would be playing we've had this conversation <laughs> before right trayvon Diggs. Byron Jones. Who do you want? Do you want the eight pick? Or do you want the guy who gave up nothing? You know, now it's a, now it's a legitimate it. conversation. Right. You can't dismiss these. Like, well, you take the eight picks. Of course you do. Well, wait a minute. He's given up a bunch of yards. And, you know, pro football focus, take it for what's worth. He's 
278th in the rankings or whatever the heck he is, right? That that was a facetious number. I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. But <laughs> whereas Byron, so it gets to the thousand play thing. If if you play a thousand plays and you give up two touchdowns, is that better than a thousand plays, eight picks, but you give up eight hundred yards? I, I don't yeah, know what the I, I don't know what the correct answer is to that. But I, think, I, I um, do think that the Cowboys are too cavalier on Byron Jones a few years ago because well he doesn't get any interceptions. Yeah, he doesn't give up anything though. Now don't I'm sure he's not playing very well in Miami and I don't care about that. It was he did for the, <laughs> what he did for the Cowboys when he was here. Yeah, he ain't been worth eighty million over there because at eighty million you want somebody who's uh make you you want an elite player and I don't I think he's always been a really good player, not an elite guy. And that ain't his fault that they paid him. Um I don't know, bro. That's a that's a really good question. Uh but the thing I like about Trayvon Diggs is yeah, he gives us some plays. I think we can all and that's and that's why I wouldn't really down with all the Dion comparisons early, because when Dion was Dion, until he got to be like thirty five or, you know, had his bum toe, uh, he wasn't giving up plays at all. Um so I mean I think he's um I think he's terrific, but I, th- I like the fact he's a playmaker. He makes plays, it seems like, at, at important times of games. It just right. seems like his, his it seems like his turnovers matter. He's not hitting home runs, you know, when you're up eight to nothing. He's hitting them when you're down three to two, and you need him to hit a bomb. And so I think but, there's but a net. Like, yeah, go sorry, go ahead. Well, even his oh, pick no. last week against Atlanta. Like, if you go back and look at that play, he got. Uh, I believe he's covering pitch. He gets turned around, he turns his back to the line, he spins around, the ball just finds him. And that's kind of what, what happens when you're hot. The ball just kind of finds you. Yeah. Um, like, I, I can't look, – look, I'm not going to sit there and act like I can break down DB techniques and tell you what he should have done. But when you see a guy get fun, spin around and turn your back to the, to the quarterback, that doesn't seem like the way you should be taught to do it. But then he spins out of it and, boom, Matt Ryan's pass ends up in his hand. And like, see, I'm gonna tell you this about him, Doug, and and you've watched it even closer to me. I don't remember him dropping what should have been an easy interception this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think of, last he, year he had his, he had his hands on like seven or eight of them that he let go let go. And uh, this, you're right. This year, I can't remember like, oh, he should have caught that one. You know, right. and that I think that's his receiver's background. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you know, I think it was Dominique Foxworth said he, he's got the best hands of any DB in the league, you know, because I mean, the ball, when it finds him, he gets it. Like there's no, right. there's no other way, no other way about it. And that's half the battle. Can you just catch the damn ball when it's presented to you? If you're a DB, because as we've said, Anthony Brown has dropped a bunch of them over the last two or three years. And and, and that's the fun. So I had someone ask me, he's like, is Anthony Brown this team's best corner? So play in, play out a 65 play game. The answer might be yes. When you factor in eight picks, People are going to say, are you kidding me? How could it not be Trayvon Diggs? That's the the funny thing about this whole – I don't want to name the DB, but there there was a good friend of ours, Jacques, that we would talk to a lot in that locker room over the years that would tell us how great he played. And he's like, I only give up those two catches. Yeah, but one was a touchdown and one was a crucial third down play. (laughs) So, yeah, he might have graded out as an 88, but you gave up the two biggest plays of the game. (laughs) <laughs> like that that's how but that's why i hate football grades and how they do these things because i mean they're 65 tests 
and if you pass 63 of them, your grade's going to be pretty good. But they don't really wait. The, the two Fs you got don't bring your grade down very much. That's true. And if you fail the SAT, you might be screwed for college. <laughs> and not anymore. You just, I don't know you anymore. Know. I'm talking from a long time ago. I don't, who knows how it works anymore? All right. Todd Archer, that was a good conversation. It was a long one today. I don't know why you had to act surprised. I just, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Might have been Isn't Jock starting out with whatever accent he was throwing. Oh, he's been on it. fire today. I mean, he dropped like two huge <laughs> F-bombs 30 seconds into starting the podcast today. Oh, oh come on, Todd. We've so enjoyed your, your, your dialogue today. We look forward to next Tuesday. Seriously. You are, Matt said it earlier, you're not, you're Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, I don't That's know what it sounds like. Oh. Hello. <laughs> God. I'm just having fun, buddy. Uh-oh, white guy jocks here. Let's work on those for next week. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll Todd. try to do better, bro. All right. You know? See ya. See ya. See you guys. <laughs> Uh, it is fun to have fun, and and we always have fun with Todd. Brought to you by Blue Star Motor Group, bluestarmotorgroup.com. You, have you called Deb, 817-881-4066. If you're looking to buy or sell, it is the way to go. There is no reason, and I'll tell you this, maybe you've already started the process, you've been to a couple of dealerships, you're cheating yourself, you're throwing money away if you are not including Blue Star Motor Group on that process. You've got to make sure you include them in touch base. Dude, I think the thing about Blue Star, man, we've tried to tell you this, and and you don't have to take our word for it. You can go look up the Johnsons on Twitter and ask them. It's a win-win, baby. That's what it's all about, man. They want uh, to win. They want you to win. When the contracts are signed, the money's exchanged, they want everybody to feel good. And to me, that's a big deal, man, because not every, not every car dealer is like that. Yeah, man, and, and I'm telling you right now, they just got this in. It's at bluestarmotorgroup.com, and we talk about this all the time. And they got cars for all kinds of different budgets. But how about this? A 2017 BMW M4 Coupe with less than 45,000 miles on it, and they've got it for under $57,000. Dude. God, it's a nice-looking vehicle, man. Look at that if thing. I had, if I had that big-time Birmingham money, man, I'd go get that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been wait, I've been waiting all year to say that. There you go. Oh, that man. Big-time radio host, Matt McClan, money, that big paper. I'd go say, hey, I mean, cash. You realize that. the station I work for is still owned by Cumulus. So. Hey, man, I'm like, don't, don't, don't get caught up in the details, dog. <laughs> We're not worried about the details. Now, they also have, and this is a pretty slick-looking one, too, a 2016 Toyota 4Runner. They've got it with less than 30,000 miles, under $40,000. So I'm telling you, man, they've got all kinds of deals. They've got a Range Rover on here. They've got trucks. They've still got, I mean, God, that Corvette is slick-looking, dude. They, I mean, they've got all kinds of deals. So check them out, whether you're looking to buy or if you're looking to sell, you need to contact them. They'll be able to offer you more money than a dealership because they don't have any overhead. It's Deb and her husband, Mike. They're great people. They listen to the podcast. We appreciate their support. So support them, man. They're all about happy customers and you will be one when you give Deb a call or shoot her a text. 817-881-4066. It's Blue Star Motor Group. 
and bluestarmotorgroup.com. Also, of course, you know how it works. Once you get your car, you've gotten it from Blue Star Motor Group. Next thing you know, at some point, you got to get an oil change. You're going to have to get in state inspection, whatever the case may be. So you are going to roll on down to Freeway Tire Shop, and you're going to check out JR and his crew. And when you're there, you're going to look over and wave at Jacques as he's dropping off another one of his cars, <laughs> since he seems like he's there every day. But, you know, reality of it is, when we talk about this all the time, it's a mechanic you can trust. And I don't even know if we need to say anything else. It is a mechanic you can trust, which is very hard to find. Dude, that's why I take my cars there. I got six of them these days. Five of them paid off. Don't judge. Uh, and, you know, I take them there, whether it's an oil change I need, an inspection sticker, or they're putting an engine in the Challenger. It doesn't matter what I need, man. I take all my cars to JR. Don't even think about it because why? I trust the man to get it right. I trust him to diagnose the problem. I trust him to use quality parts to fix the problem. I trust him to charge me a fair price. How about that? Can you just charge me a fair price? Yeah. And then I trust a man to stand behind his work. JR is the best at doing all of those on a consistent basis. I send everybody I know who asked me about a mechanic to JR because he's the best. He is indeed. Check him out at his freeway tire shop just north of downtown Dallas, right off of, I mean, literally right off of 35. You could throw a rock and be a horrible throw and hit Freeway Tire Shop. That's how close to 35 it is. So get out there, take your vehicles. He'll take care of you at Freeway Tire Shop. Schedule your appointment. Request a quote online at freewaytireshop.com. All right, now that we have said hello and goodbye to Todd Archer, let us, I know that some of you have been waiting, and I got to be honest with you, like I did not get to record the first chunk of the game, and then the game became not a game very, very quickly. So secret audio of a Cowboys homer. It is not as explosive as it normally is. I don't feel like it is anyway. And I don't have as many cuts because, like I told you, for the most part, it just got out of control so fast that it, I didn't really react much. Right, right. But I did react some. So I don't even know what this is. I just I, I noted this as general observations. <laughs> That's scary. So this is just me, I think, just being amazed at what I'm watching to some degree. I mean, they are torching their ass. They have no answer for C.D. Lamb today. It's about to be 28-3. to Still so weird what happened last week when you watch what they're doing this week. Another pass to Gallup. I mean, they're just going right down the field. <laughs> so, but they who were. I mean, that's, this, that was true. Who are you giving this analysis to? I don't, I, I mean, my lady friend's walking around. Like, a lot of the time, she's not paying attention to the game, and I'm talking to her, and they're like, watch this, look at that, well, come here. And she's like, what? I'm like, look at this catch, and. You know, she's not nearly as excited as me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we go from that. And then this next cut here is this is the one where Dak rolls out. And I thought he was just throwing it away. And he threw a dime to CeeDee Lamb for a touchdown catch. Caught touchdown. Wow. Holy crap. I can't believe that. I thought he was throwing it out of bounds. Watch this. Watch this. Even Mike McCarthy can't believe it. He's like, what the hell is that? That was awesome. That'll do it. That's ball game. <laughs> that was crazy, though, because I got it might have just been the camera angle, but when they were on Dak, it looked like he was throwing it out of the back of the end zone. Dude, that was – if you go back and look at the other play, bro, he threw the ball. CD is still at – CD, when he threw the ball, CD still had not uncovered. He was, like, at the goal line. Yeah. About to turn to the corner. He had made his break, yeah. Um, Unbelievable, really. 
it was incredible. Like Dak knew he's like, okay, I got to get rid of this. And if I throw it here, CD can get it. Cause that's where he's going anyway. It was amazing. I mean, you talk about a throw. My God, that was impressive. All right, this next cut, just real quick here, is the Micah Parsons sack that excited me, apparently. Micah Parsons. God, they are feeling it now. They are going to annihilate them. (laughs) Oh, that was nasty. He went right around them. God, that was awesome. And that was because Micah Parsons set that dude up where he took one step outside. So the tackle went outside the block and just went and went. I mean, he is so fast and so twitchy. He went one outside and then bounced right off that foot and was, I mean, in the backfield immediately. Dude, that's what he does. He's a he's a freak, man. You know, 6'3", 245, 255, run 4'3", 9", yeah. playmaker. And I love him because I love his I love his passion for the game, and I love his attitude, which is basically I'm a dog. Don't matter where you play me, I'm going to make plays. And he makes Dude, them. I love it. Love it. God, love he it. is he is crazy good. And so we go from that. Only a couple of more cuts here. I didn't, like I said, unfortunately didn't get a lot of recordings this week. But I did get the blocked punt, which as you might imagine, and I'm sure many of you, I was extraordinarily excited. Here is this explosion of giddiness on a blocked punt. Blocked! They blocked it! Hell yeah! Recovered! Get it! Touchdown, Cowboys! Unbelievable! Holy shit! They just blocked the punt. It's 35 to 3. Holy shit! This is incredible. (laughs) Dak and McCarthy are going nuts. Look at this. This is nuts. It's 35 to 3 at the half. Now, obviously, that's assuming that they were going to kick the extra point and they go for two and it's 36 to 3. But still, I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, everything went right on Sunday. They Every single thing went right for the Cowboys. It was like an onslaught snowball of death that the Falcons couldn't avoid. No, and uh, I think we had talked about this before the game, man. And I've covered the NFL so long, you know, since 1995, essentially, that um, I understand what people say when they're talking, which is when people say the team quit, it really means that you know, that they didn't put in the preparation during the week to be good on Sunday. So that there's they appear to be a step slow because they're not recognizing things, and that's why they're getting beat like a drum. All right? Well, when when teams like the Cowboys say, we spent all week getting focused, and we were locked in, and we were embarrassed by our performance, blah, 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 blah. If they have the talent, and this team does, then, I mean, I didn't expect 43-3. Nobody did. But I expected them to play really well because if you think about it, man, all their best players are kind of like Dak. Mm. You know what I mean? In terms of focused and studious and, and guys like that. And so when they lock in, and each one of them is publicly saying, I played like shit, I'm going to lock in this week and get better, you pretty much expect them to play at a high level. Now, you don't know whether they'll win or not, but you expect them to give a really good performance. And if the other team doesn't match it, then what you get is what you get. So there's two more cuts. One is the random cut, and this final one and I know this happened to you, and I don't know how many people experienced this, but where I live in Birmingham, right about, I think I saw the first drive of Dallas and then the first drive of Atlanta of the third quarter. And then they cut from the Cowboys game and went, at least in this area, to show Washington and Tampa. I was not happy. And you will hear me here. It may be hard to hear what I'm saying because I had gone into the kitchen, was watching the TV from the kitchen, getting some food. When they decided, Fox did, the local Fox affiliate, to make a change, here is me expressing my displeasure. 
Are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck? This is unbelievable. It's the fucking cowboys. Nobody wants to watch this shit. Man, this is bullshit, man. Thanks so much for watching the rest of the cowboy game. <laughs> what the hell are you eating? I was eating a sandwich. Is it Bill Tong? No, I don't think it was Bill Tong. I was eating a sandwich on Sunday afternoon for lunch. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is good. You know, I can watch the game. I, I, I don't have to be in the same room right now. And, and, you know, I'll watch the game, make a sandwich real quick. And lo and behold, yeah, and I was pissed. I was so pissed. I told you about this. I, you know, my lady's taking a shower. I go into the bathroom. I'm like, guess what just happened? And she's laughing. I'm like, this isn't funny. She's like, it's kind of funny. He's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> yes. Um, I told you I was in the hotel, man. And uh, I was like, like, dang. So I, I just like, okay, I got to get the... You know, I got to get the Sunday ticket or whatever it is. Yeah. I can stream it so I can Ridiculous. keep watching it because I, I can't. I mean, this is like, uh, you know, getting ready to orgasm and, and, you know, you have to stop and go get change clothes and leave. Unbelievable, dude. So we go from that to this final one of me. I don't know. Some of the, I just the who knows why I do the things that I do. But this is my random stream of consciousness and the weird ass stuff that I say. This land was made for you and me. I do. Why did you? What did you say? Of epic proportions. Well, don't just sit back on your laurels, boys. Well, I'd like to see that, friend, if you don't mind. <laughs> so there you go. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes when I go back and listen to this, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I have no idea. It's even worse now than it was at the station because I legit forget that I'm recording myself now because I don't think about it. Like, I can't see the app that records me. So, like, I think I know, like, when I hit record to begin with, but now that I just let it run, I forget that it's on there because I'm working on my notes and watching the game and stuff. Dude, it's just funny to me. It's red it is. gold. It's, it, it is gold. It is indeed. Hopefully everybody enjoyed those little cuts there. And we'll see what happens on Sunday, how it works out, if I'm able to get it done for the Kansas City Chiefs game. But we will have our third Thursday. Good God. And one, two, three. We will have our Thursday podcast coming to you. And yes, that was unedited on purpose. But we'll have Ed Werder. We'll have Clarence Hill Jr. We'll take a look ahead Already, as the Cowboys trying to keep pace with the Packers and the Cardinals in the NFC, I think I'm very much looking forward to this game at Arrowhead on Sunday. I think it's going to be an awesome one. No, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I don't. It's the kind of game where, as I'm fond of saying, you can play well and lose. Uh, to me, it's like the Tampa Bay game to start the season. Um, I don't know if I expect the Cowboys to win, but I expect the Cowboys to play well, be there in the fourth quarter. And we'll see what happens. I'm going to tell you all this, though. When the schedule came out, let's be real. We marked this down as an L. That's no yep. longer the case. This is, let's see how they play. And if the Cowboys, I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I'm being real about this. If the Cowboys play their A game and Kansas City plays its A game, your Dallas Cowboys win. I agree. I completely agree with you. If the Cowboys bring what they're capable of doing, and so does Kansas City, the Cowboys are a better all-around overall team. That's what I'm saying. And so they'll win. I didn't say it'd be – I don't know how they'll win, but they'll win if both teams play their best football. Problem is, most of the time, both teams don't play their best football. KC crowd is uh, will be a factor. 
Um, I don't think the Cowboys care about playing on the road per se. And, no, I don't uh, For me, the big deal is what's the weather. Yeah, and, and I was just looking at that, oddly enough. And right now, the high in Kansas City on Sunday is 56. Perfect. So it'll be mid-50s when they kick off. And then as the game goes on, it'll dip down, obviously, into the 40s as the sun sets. And it's going to be chilly, but it's going to be... I mean, it's football weather, man. That Dude. Games at Arrowhead, to me, are supposed to be cold and outdoors and arrowhead's one of those stadiums like lambeau where you feel like that's what football was made to be played with exactly i love it love when football is played out like that and we'll be looking forward to it so be looking forward to it if you will just continue your retweets man are helping a ton when you retweet the links that we send out and telling your friends supporting our sponsors we're growing this thing and you guys are making it happen and we appreciate it and we will talk to you again later in the week. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.